Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. the wise men say podcast we are back to look back at the 1-1 draw at fulham at the weekend probably a scoreline that doesn't tell the full story because it was a match packed with incidents and talking points uh, so we're going to get stuck right into some of those uh, as well as um maybe again as we approach the the window just have a little bit of a discussion about what we need to do and uh, we've got we've got some great feedback today from the listeners as well as to their best and worst January signings. So we'll take a, a bit of a stroll out memory lane on that front. So joining myself, Stephen Goldsmith, as always, is Gareth Barger. Good evening. Good evening, indeed. Good weekend. <laughs> All right. Are you clear, of right. the, uh, you clear of the virus? I'm not, no. No. I'm not. Still Annoyingly, hanging around, is it? It is, yeah. bit annoying today, to be honest. Well, I thought like because I had I'm sorry, I'll go back. I was off all like not off. I was working from home all last week, and I was like, because I'd say it's like five days now, isn't it? Um, but it's still a bit weird because you're like, this is my day six technically. So I did a test, and it was like just still quite like a strong line. So. Mm. I was like, it's probably. I was like, should I really be going in? The it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because they're, they're telling you just to treat it as a normal illness now. But yeah. at the same time, you think if it's just as if you can work from home, then why not do it? I guess. Well, I would have had a meeting with in a room with the entire department, and I thought that would be good if I just went and like infected everybody in the team. So I thought I'll give it a. I don't. I can work from home. I'll give it a couple more days, and I'll go in and infect a smaller amount of people as the uh, as, as it eases. But yeah. Well, I'm hopefully, fine, really. yeah, the the display raised your spirits at the weekend. Did, uh, yeah. A lot it's of good, lot yeah. of positives to take, as I said at the start. There, you know, one if ever one one didn't just give a full picture of a game, uh, this could be it. Joining us uh, to discuss things is uh, James Hunter again from the Chronicle. Evening, James. Good evening, gentlemen. Did good you evening. enjoy you yes. enjoy your trip to South London? It's a very nice away at Fulham, isn't it? It is one of one of my favourite. Uh, trips you know it's always nice that little stroll through the park uh you know along along the riverside there to, to the ground and craven cottage is a proper old you know traditional football stadium with the really thin brick turnstiles and everything you know lovely ground always always a good trip very popular with celebs it seems to be as well Fulham, doesn't it the camera kept showing hugh grant sitting in the in the crowd watching the match could you yeah. stop him from where you were could you see him 
Uh, I wasn't actually looking for him, to tell you the <laughs> truth. Um, but I, I did spot him. The, I watched when I got back to um, where I was staying in the evening. I saw the uh, the highlights, and they picked him out there in the highlights. And I sat next to um, what I guess is one of his kids. So, yeah, um, as you say, full of, full of celebs. You know, they've had all, all sorts of people there in the past. Haven't they? They had, but they, they call didn't... him um, Charlie Cooper. He's a um, big Fulham fan, you know, Charlie Cooper. No, yeah, all right. From um, no. from this country, you know, Daisy, you know, Daisy May Cooper. That's her brother, and they do right. the, the show This Country together. Yeah. He's like a okay. comedian, um, right? So it's a very popular program, James, on the old BBC. Um, but we'll not get no. in there. We'll not. We'll not talk about it now. You'll know who Daisy May Cooper is. She's done really. I've, well. I've heard of. I've, I've heard yeah. of her name. But, but um, he's, he's, on, a big, um... he's a bit. He's a big Fulham fan. Looks like. Looks like if you were going to do like a, um, version of The Office, which was like like a, a, a prequel of The Office, and you had Gareth Keenan in it, you'd get Charlie Cooper to play yeah. um, Gareth Keenan, uh, wouldn't you? So sound the same, look the same. Um, I remember. She's in, I remember. She's in, she's I remember. In the re- I remember a few a few years ago um, being mm-hmm. there when back in the Ellis Short era, and uh, Martina Navratilova was sat next to Ellis Short's wife, obviously Ellis Short's wife being a. Um, you know, he having been a, a tennis player uh, back in the eighties, and uh, obviously pals with Martina Navratilova. So that's about the the, the most famous face that I've seen. Yeah, Michael, Jackson, Michael Jackson, Michael <laughs> Jackson statue. Well, uh, he, he obviously, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I was trying, I was trying to draw a veil over that one. Uh, I wasn't actually at the, that game when he was there, but uh, but no, I know yeah. that, that he was there, wasn't he? Draw a veil one, over him like a child, like a child of Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking. It was that a point. Was that an intended pun? There? Yeah. Um, yeah. It brings out all the celebs, obviously, Fulham against Sunderland. So hopefully, it's a Premier League uh, fixture next, next season. Well, here's a question for people: If they can remember, can anyone remember the most ra- like? Come up, maybe somebody will come up with it next week. The most random celebrity who's been at Sunderland who's had nothing to do with Sunderland. Like where they've like, and then they've wheeled them out or something like that. I wonder wow. who that is. I'm, I'm sure there'll be somebody who's like, say, like some random account or like somebody came to Roker Park or something like that, and it was bizarre. I'm sure that there will be somebody. I remember. Do you remember when Sylvester Stallone went to Everton once? That was like really <laughs> random. There was like a really random thing, and Sylvester Stallone was at Everton, and they got him on the pitch, and were like talking to him and that. I saw Michelle wow. Rue Jr. at Manchester United once, I think. Oh, crikey. Right, that was that was a thing. <laughs> I can't That's a good question. One one for another episode. We've got more time <clears throat> to think about it, perhaps. Um I, I my Wi Fi might drop at any point, Gareth, because oh, it's, it's, it's if it feels like it's sticking, so just putting you on alert for that as well. Uh, it's doing the whole thing where you're freezing and then uh, uh, your voice catches up and, and you, you're speaking at like four times the speed, actually speaking at. That's what it sounds like to me. It'll be fine for the listener, I'm sure. Um, right, okay. So absolutely loads to unpack in this game. Should we get the negative out of the way first and then and then purr about the lads' performance because it was absolutely excellent in a lot of places. Uh, Ross Stewart injury is just not what we needed. And it was the worst case scenario. It was what we all feared after what we've been through in the first half of the season. I'm not going to go into it and, and mourn about anything. It's it, it speaks for itself. At the minute, we've got one fit striker. Again, let's not get into that. But on a personal level, more than anything, James, he's almost at the crossroads of his career, Ross, and it's absolutely devastating for him. This isn't it? 
It is. It's, it's horrendous for him, isn't it? Particularly when you think he's already been out for three and a half months, um, you know, earlier in the season. And so he'd done really well to score, what is it, 10 championship goals in about 13 games or whatever whatever it's been. Um, and now he's he's going to be out. I mean, we don't know. We're still waiting for, for an update. Uh, but we all assume certainly till the end of the season and, and maybe beyond depends just how, how bad it is, of course. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a horrible thing to to have happened. Uh, it makes it all the more galling that it came in a cup game, um, a game where Tony Mowbray wouldn't have wanted to risk him if he had any other choice. But even though they brought in Joe Gellhart last week, of course, a cup-tied player that yeah. they couldn't have played on, on Saturday. Um, so there was, uh, you know, there was only one option um, if they were going to play an out-and-out centre-forward, and that was Ross. So he played and gets injured. Of course, if he hadn't got played on Saturday, he might have played against Millwall and had it done this coming Saturday. It, it's one of those things that can happen to any player at any time. Um, it happened to be on Saturday, which is just, you know, uh, playing bad luck. Um, but yeah, it's um, horrible for Ross. Really feel for him. Um, the, the You know, you're trying to pick up a, a positive out of... a disastrous situation really but at least Sunderland have got well as we're now talking a little over 24 hours to to bring somebody in if you think about the injury back in September um when he when he got um hurt in the warm-up down at Middlesbrough of course the uh window had closed about three days beforehand four days beforehand so there was nothing Sunderland could do then at least they've got the opportunity to do something now, but that's no consolation. Well, we'll, 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 yeah, when we'll, we'll get on to that, we'll get on to that at the end. I don't want to say I don't want to start with a negative. We'll just get it. We'll just acknowledge it, and we'll come back to perhaps what's on need to do in there. I was trying um, to make that a positive. I was trying to no, I think you did. I think you did a really. I think you did a really good job, uh, James. But you know, we we get called negative a lot of stuff, so we're going to try to <laughs> move on from that and um and 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 talk about the performance. So uh, Jack Clark, I think if ever a player needed a goal, um. I'd have put his name high up the list because I think he's been he's been off the pace a little bit in in recent weeks. When we said he's a young lad, that's going to happen as to be expected. But um, really, really good anticipation and an excellent finish from Jack Clark, and it was good to say that, wasn't it? It was, yeah, but brilliant. You know, like you say, he's he's done well. Um, he's been a little bit more patchy in in the last you know few weeks or month, perhaps than earlier in the season. But you're going to get that with young players; they're not going to be. Uh, as consistent so he needed that goal it, it came at the right time it was perfect for Sunderland getting a goal early in the game settled everybody gave Sunderland something to, to hang on to um, closed down Diop Diop dithered on the ball didn't he just a split second too long um, and he showed sort of great sort of composure to to finish that chance off you know really really good um, and, and to be quite honest with you Sunderland could have scored well, probably five, five, five or six, you know, well, and so could Fulham, to be fair, you know, there were chances at both ends. But, uh, um, but yeah, I was uh, really impressed with what Sunderland were able to create. Nice. Like, occasionally you watch a game on, on, on the telly or whatever it might be, like, you know, there'll be a random midweek game you put on, like, 25 minutes in, you're like, God, this is... Um... This was just like the opposite of that, wasn't it? Just high octane, non-stop from start to finish. Almost, Gareth, like a, a Premier League game you would have seen in the mid-90s or early 90s, where it was just, there were, there were no sort of, there was no desire by either day. I think Stephen's gone. Maybe. Is he back? I think I might be back. I don't know how. Oh, he's back, yeah, yeah. Uh, how, how far into that I was saying. Uh, how far into that I was cut off. You have to help me out. There's no idea. 
You were saying that it was like a midweek, um, like an old Premier League game. Yeah. Of, of back in the day. Almost like probably. little 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 tactics and just throw the kitchen both teams just throw in the kitchen sink at it, which is great. Um yeah, maybe. Um I think like, it wouldn't be great if you were gonna you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't suggest if you got promoted to play like this every week in the Premier League, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be ideal. But as a just well, as, a, as a in as a game in isolation, a cup game. That's great. Well, you say that, but it ended with the uh, it would be a point away from home, wouldn't it? So, um, <laughs> which, uh, as we know from our recent um, Premier League experience, are often uh, few and far between. Um, but you know the the just the you know the way we play is you know we are relentless. I think really, like you know, in everything we do, you know, the pressing and. You know the that desire to impose ourselves on the opposition from an attacking perspective. It doesn't matter who we're playing. Obviously, it seems you know we've gone to a Premier League side there. Um, who, yeah, they've made a few changes, but they've still obviously got a lot of good quality players. And you know they didn't get a moment's peace, did they? Um, and you know the first goal is evidence of that, and the amount of chat she. Had, Amount of chances we created, the volume of bodies that were getting in the box at times, um, allowed that to happen. Uh, maybe Fulham, I wouldn't say they might have been blindsided. <laughs> Excuse me, blindsided by it. They probably were expecting s- something like they got, but stopping it happening um, is another thing, isn't it? So, and they couldn't. Um, Especially when you're doubling up, because like when we're doubling up, attacking down the right hand side. So, you know, what, what options does uh, do you have as a defensive team? Double up on a player to spare, um, pay special attention to a player, which could be Ahmad, but it could be Roberts. So after the Cardiff game, we criticised more Brave. That was the first time we tried that to put those two in the side on the right hand side. If you remember, it didn't work, and they were running into each other's space. It just looked like he was just trying to shoehorn them both in. And credit to him, he's had another go at it because that's been the the, the most productive thing we've seen in the last few weeks, and they the ramped it up again even more on Saturday. And it's how it's hard to stop when you've got two players of that quality going at you. Yeah, I mean, you know, the thought, you know, Ahmad in particular was, you know, causing problems again all day. You know, thought they were a bit passive with him. It's interesting that they weren't diving in as much and. There was, I think there was a moment where he managed to work himself a shot from a wide position, which shouldn't. It was quite easy for him to do it. Um, but I mean, he, you know, the the pair of them again up against Premier League defenders, just you know, they, they, they didn't give him a moment's peace to them. You know, the volume of chances we were creating, um, you know, through all areas of the pitch. You know, like like James said, we could have had in the first half. I mean, we could have probably been six six two up or something, couldn't we? Really? Um, I mean, they didn't even show some of the chances we had at the end of the half on on the highlights, which was some absolute golden chances that we had when when uh, right at the end of the half when we we went through in particular and probably should have uh, should have taken the chance. I'm mad. Could have had Atrick first yeah, half. Yeah, he could have. Yeah. Um. And that was the frustrating thing, cause, you know. If we'd come out, come away, you know, three one up at half time, say, there would have been no complaints whatsoever. I don't think. Um, so that's a bit frustrating. But from the result perspective, 
Um, but from the actual performance perspective, I mean, it you know it was as good as it gets in terms of how we've played this season. Probably building on the result last week and the performance last week against Middlesbrough. Um, I would say that it was arguably our best performance of the season. I mean, it has to be when you're playing a team a level above and you want to compete in the game. Um, but I don't feel feel like we raised our game. I just thought we played our our natural game and it it clicked again. Um, and they made mentioned changes. The, mentioned... They've got a full strength team in in, in a way. Yeah. The, the rest of three or four players who would normally start, but a midfield Polina's their main player. He's he's been there. Best midfielder all season, and he started, which yeah. is a big compliment. I thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you just mentioned Gareth mentioned there the, the highlights. Unless I was mistaken, did they didn't show Ross Stewart getting? No, no they didn't. Didn't, uh... didn't even didn't even acknowledge it either. Yeah, no, which seems a very <laughs> odd thing, you know. When when a, a team's top scorer is carried off on a stretcher, you know, you would have thought that we might have merited a mention. But anyway, um, just a <laughs> just a point. Like, there was so much missed out. I think basically the game was so incident packed that there was it, it was difficult. I mean, I wouldn't have left that out, but. Um, you know, there was so much to try and get in there. They couldn't have possibly shown every chance, particularly in the second half. It was just like a basketball game. Uh, you know, it was, the chances were coming faster than I could, you know, write write about them or put them on Twitter or whatever else. It, it was just, it was happening so quickly. You didn't lift your, you didn't put, take your head away from the action to towards your laptop because there was something else happening. It was it was just ludicrous. Um, it was it was such a great cup tie. It really really was. I mean, you know, if there were any neutrals there in, in the ground, that would they would have absolutely loved that. You know, I mean, that was that was perfect. And I think even Sunderland fans loved it as as well. Even though obviously they had skin in the game. Um, you know, it was it was so entertaining. Um, I just hope that the replay lives up to uh, you know the the same billing. You watch it would be be as dour as anything. It'll be nil nil and settled on penalties, won't it? That'll be. Uh... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it'll be interesting um... to see what happens with that one because again, it, you know, midweeks we didn't have a drop off in attendance yeah. anyway. Like even with the league games, um, I don't know how much tickets are yet. I haven't seen it, but. You do. There's all think... sorts of factors going to that. Like the, the, yeah. what people sometimes forget is the percentage of. Season ticket holders for people who don't live in Sunderland yeah. is 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 high. Yeah, it would be nice. Well, to won't see, bring many you know, for a midweek game. No. You know, it, it it might even be on the telly. Who knows? We haven't made the TV picks yet. Uh, that'll keep some people away. Um, as you said, uh, well, lot, you know, lots of people that have have tickets. They have to pay for cup games on top of that. A lot will depend on on the draw tonight. Who who you know they might be facing if they were to get through so there's lots of factors to consider aren't there yeah I think you know it'd be nice to to have a good crowd there and you know we we, we see an equally um, exciting game um, I don't think it's, we're going to change the way we play um, at home certainly not so then <clears throat> um, they'll get another bite of it and get the opportunity to, to test themselves um, you know, against them again, and hopefully we've got a few more, you know, options by then as well. Because obviously we've, you know, the window will be closed. So having a striker available um for the game, obviously, because Gerhard can't play if he's been cup tied. Um, hopefully having a a striker available who can play in the game would be 
would be helpful too. Can't, so they can't they can't bring anyone in, Gareth. That's the problem. You've got to be eligible for the initial tie. To oh play really? Replay. Oh well, there you yeah. go. I didn't know that. So, so so there won't be a there won't be a striker won't available a striker. for the replay, but no. there would be for any subsequent rounds, obviously. Um, oh. Yeah, you you've got to be eligible for the initial tie to play in the replay. I'm glad you've just clarified saying that's only for the third round because I really panicked there when you said that. And thought you no. meant for the entire time you're in in the. I mean, Imagine you know, we just we we could, we no. could be out of the cup the next game, but no. I thought my heart sunk there. I was like, what? So we can't we can't have any strength to play in the cup no. for us this season. And 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 it doesn't count for players that are suspended. So like Luke O'Neill was suspended on Saturday, but he will be available for the replay. I know he's not a striker, but you know, yeah, I think he would uh, have a go if you asked available him. Available for that. If you asked him, yeah, he's done it before. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it would be a bad option to have somebody like him up there. Somebody, but you know, he'll win. He'll win headers and. You know, he'll go up against the centre-half, won't he? You'd fancy him to, to uh, putting balls in the box to certainly know where to stand, wouldn't you? Because yeah, he's, yeah. He's, you know, he's that kind of player anyway. Condonal Luke on night, be up front now and everything. Um, was this Patrick Roberts' best game for Sunderland? I thought he was sensational. I, I, personally, he's been good. He's, this has been built up for weeks, him and Ahmad. But I, I thought they couldn't touch him. I thought they couldn't get near him. I mean, the Redden game, he was... Pretty good, wasn't he? But I think obviously the standard of the opposition. That's um, what I mean, yeah. And you know, nice for somebody like Roberts to, you know, take him a you know a lot of hype about. I remember him when he was at Man City and he went to Celtic, and there was a lot of talk about him and you know what a talent he was, and it's just never seemed to to come together for him, has it? But now. Wouldn't it be nice for the club and and you know then finally for the player to someone to find a home where he's you know he can feel it and express himself and you know show the talent he's got and that's what we're seeing at the moment um, and yeah he can be a bit streaky at times but you know that's you know that's wingers for you isn't it it's they they will do that but most creative players are you know but he's yeah. uh, he's, he's got a stage at Sunderland he's playing regularly he's playing for a manager who believes in him he's got the crowd that are uh, right behind him you know and he's got players around him that that can do great things as well you know Ahmad and obviously Ross when he was fit and and such have you so it's all kind of come come together for him um so no wonder he's really enjoying himself at, at the moment um uh, you know, yes, he's been at, at really big clubs at Rangers, at Celtic, at Man City, but um, you know, this is this is the first real chance he's he's had to play regularly and uh, and show what he can what he can do, and you know it's uh, going really well for him. And if ever you needed proof that a new signing <clears throat> at times needed um, just a bit space to settle in, you would put Mishu in that category. Because there's somebody, I think, you know, and we, we, we're not going to be revisionist here. At times, you know, before Christmas, you look and you just say, no, I just not, I'm just not sure he's got, I wouldn't say the appetite, but maybe the physicality or the, or the I don't know, just the know-how, how to play in the championship. Very tidy player, but went missing, very lightweight. Um, and he was slowly starting to improve off the bench, and then against Borough, he put in a good performance. And I thought, I thought he was excellent, absolutely excellent on, oh, on Saturday. Was, I thought he was arguably. Um, I mean, you could pick a few for man of the match, and you know, the more eye-catching players are gonna, um, are, are gonna, you know, take those plaudits generally. But I thought, like he and Neil, but in particular, I thought Mishu was 
was outstanding. I thought first half in particular, he was really excellent. Um, and you know, second half he, you know, he showed some moments where he thought that's if that's what he's about, then let's let's have some more of that. Let's see some more of that because. You know, I think he dropped his shoulder on the edge of the box, moved away from one of their players, drove into space, and then he played a through ball to Jack Clark, um, split the defence completely. And, you know, that's confidence from him as well, isn't it? Having the having the self-belief to, to do that. Um, I mean, don't know what kind of character he's like, um, whether or not he, he he's a confident player or... Or whatever, but you know, playing against a team in the level above and putting that performance in. If you thought, if you were thinking, oh, it's maybe a little, is this for me? Like, because that's the kind of impression you got a little bit from him. Like, is he? Does he fan? Not like, not saying he doesn't like fancy it. That's the wrong. No, I mean, I couldn't articulate like, it either. What I was saying, that's what I was saying. I don't mean he hasn't got the appetite, but I, I. I, I I know what you mean. I think people like, know well, what you mean. Is this like, mm. is this a style of football for me for now? Um, but he's, I, I, he's I think he's got challenge. The, I think he's got the ability, and uh, you know, Mowbray can can uh, pick a player when it comes to to ability and talent and whatnot. And there's no doubt that he's got the ability. You don't play for PSG and be part of part of that setup if you if you're no good. The question is, can you adapt to English football and? That was what Mowbray was saying at the start. You know, he needs to learn about the physicality of it and what it's like in the championship and whatnot. And could he make that? You know, could, could he could he make that transition? And you know, and the evidence of the last, you know, however many weeks is that that he can. Um, I must must admit, like you guys at the, at the start, I wasn't sure whether whether he could. Needed to see more of him. He sort of injured and uh, he was in and out of the side and a few minutes here and there as a sub. But since he's had more of a chance in recent weeks. You know, he's, he's looked really, really good, and he was he was excellent on Saturday. Mm, absolutely, um, and we were introduced to uh, Pierre Equa as well um, off the bench. Yeah. Thoughts on him? I thought I thought he played personally. I think he played all of the right balls. Like he positionally was good, took up some good positions, and he never he didn't seem to make any bad decisions. I think some of his passing initially was a bit nervy. Like it was maybe five yards from, from where the player would have wanted a receiver, but nevertheless, it was, it was the right ball. And it's, it's his professional debut, isn't it? So, yeah. Um, you know, looked, I think that's looked, to be expected. Um, I thought he looked a little, a little stiff, maybe is the language I'd use to describe him, but, could have moved gonna, him a bit quicker not, at times. Not going to like judge him on, like you say, no, 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 you know, no. one, get one, I thought it was encouraging. I thought it was really encouraging, considering I mean, the opposition, considering the, the the context behind his history, where he's only played youth team football. The thing you look at, it, I think straight away, the physical presence as soon as he came on, given we're quite a small team, um, to see he him come on immediately, you could see, you know, he's and it sounds like a daft thing to say, but he was bigger than the rest of them, um, and that that you know it's good to have a bit more of a physical presence as an option. And you know he got a good strike away, didn't he? Which was blocked, um, blocked over the crossbar towards the end. Um, and he, you know, he, like you see, he tried to get himself into the right areas um, in a pretty breathless game. So probably difficult one to get come off the bench and and get into, get up with the pace of the game. Um, 
but yeah, I think you know he didn't you know pull up any trees, but he, as far as didn't do anything horrendously wrong either. So it just looked a little bit rusty, maybe. Um, but like you say, it's just, you know it's a first it's a first game in 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 league football. Well, not league football, but at a, a professional level, essentially. Um, but we know, I think we know now not to not to make snap judgments on players based on a couple of games, especially these players that were brought in because you know we're still waiting for for Bennett really to show his potential. I would say, um, I think he's probably found it the toughest out of all the players we've brought in. It seems he scored for the under twenty ones, yeah, he did, yeah, against Newcastle, um, yeah, which so... I think you know, is probably he should be playing a market like. Our under twenty ones have been so crap for a few years because they've just been bringing players in and making the numbers up, having the and yeah. and hopefully today was side more side. I know all nine only played because he's he's suspended, so he's just keeping himself sharp. And but that is what that level should be better. The quality should be higher, and I feel like because some of these players are expected to be around the first team squad, perhaps haven't played at that level enough. So I thought it was good. I mean, it's a, it's a bizarre contrast for him as an individual, isn't it? When you look at the players who come in and done well and played regularly and now you can put them in the team like if you started bar for example next week you'd be like yeah okay um you know Mishu's come in and done that and Bennett's really the only one in my opinion where I'd be reluctant I'd be thinking I probably wouldn't start start him in a, in a game in the league um Better. and then but yet he's gone you know he's been in the World Cup and and come back and played in the World Cup, so it's a bit of. And then he's going back and he's playing, you know, at a training facility in an under twenty ones game. Um, so it's a, it's probably for him. It's, it's probably quite an unusual scenario because it must be quite hard if you've got this. You know, there's a lot of probably a lot of pressure on him in a way to, to you know, go to Europe and be successful because obviously the the rate him in as a Costa Rican international. Um, I mean, when he book. signed, though, we weren't even sure he was going to play this season because he's no. so young. No. But be, be a, lot of the younger well, players, a lot of the other young players have played, so... He's um, younger, though, isn't he? Yeah. But I'm, I'm not, um, I'm not uh, you know, having a go or anything. I just think it's it's been maybe... It looks As it's transpired, it looks like it's been a little bit harder for him. Um but, you know, he's still it's getting the, involved the biggest, in the game, still getting opportunities. It's the biggest culture shock for him, isn't it? Coming from, yeah. you know, Central America across to uh, <laughs> across to this country, not knowing any of the language. Um, I don't think there's any other Spanish speakers, native Spanish speakers in the squad now. So, you know, he is sort of stuck on out on a limb, really. So... Very often you speak to managers and they say, when you bring somebody in from from a, a you know South America or where I know he's from Central America, but South America, they say, well, you know, it takes them a season to adjust. It's a sign of where Sunderland are going, though, that uh, they've they've managed to bring a a player in, and there's no expectation for him to go immediately into the first team. They're not. They weren't hanging that on Bennett to to make an impact this season. He's obviously been brought here with a view to the future. Um, you know, being in and around the first team this season, but really they'll look, look for him to kick on next season. Um, and 
you know, if, if things had gone badly and Sunderland weren't scoring goals and weren't creating chances and were struggling towards the bottom of the championship, then there'd have been a clamour to get this kid from Costa Rica in the team. Let's see if he makes a difference kind of thing. And so it's been good that Sunderland's form has, has been such that that there hasn't, he hasn't been, there's been no pressure to get him in, in the team that can give him that space and that time. Yeah, and... Um... Just to finish on the midfielders, then we nearly had a sensational story, didn't we? In terms of the youngest ever goal scorer in the FA Cup and fresh after coming on a sub in the third round to be Sunderland's youngest ever outfield player. Oh, we all thought he'd scored the winner, didn't we? I was absolutely no, gutted for him. I wasn't. Because I'm really boring, obviously. I as knew you were going to say this, you know. I knew you were going to say you noticed. Oh, as soon as he went through, I was like, wait, it's offside. So I didn't even bother celebrating. I was just sat there and wait, it's offside. I was just waiting because it, even with a VAR check, he would have, I mean. Did it, you notice, it, James, no... at the ground? Uh, I noticed that the, the flag went up straight away. Yeah, before he put the ball in in the net. You couldn't see from our angle. You, we weren't in line with, with the 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 defence. So you couldn't see that, uh, you know, Bar was what, a yard, yard and a half off, was, offside. He was well offside, yeah. Yeah, he was well offside, but you couldn't see it from our angle, but the linesman clearly could and the flag went up as, as soon as the, the ball was played in. So, um, so it was, it was apparent straight away. The, you know, the, the thing was, this had, this game had VAR. Um, what you needed was, uh, a, a poor linesman and it's a bit of a stadium of light and, and he might have got away with it. <laughs> but he wasn't going to get away with it with VAR. It was so far offside that it didn't even need checking. Mm. So, shame for the lad. But hey, he's still 15. He could still score in the replay and it'd still do. Yeah. yeah. Be interesting yeah, to see. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see how long, I wonder how long he's actually got before the record would I don't know the record would not, is. Would not be possible. No, no, I, think, um, the, I think the real exciting thing about it though is the having the the confidence to put yourself in the position to have the chance to come to your feet i mean yeah it might have been easy for him to sort of come on in midfield and you know just steady away and you know yeah. hold your position and but yeah there he is you know he's getting himself six yards out he wants to get on the on on the end of a cross and score i mean and that's not, that's not, that's late, not late in the thing. game. Think, think of how many yeah. players we see who come, like sometimes international players who might come in and then they go missing in the first game and and season pros and and all like you know some people might suggest oh they just they just sort of put them in the team because they resigned to losing them early or whatever and they're trying to get them in the spotlight. But he's he's had two games and he's had he's had an influence in both of them. That's not so he's he's a child. <laughs> it's you know he's obviously good, isn't he? For, for, for you know, for like like I was just to be in that position in the first place to make that finish, you know, some players much older than that wouldn't be able to do that. There must be some players at Sunna now, like Sunna and the likes, who are just thinking, "Well, it's not going to happen for me here." Well, I mean, you talked about this the other week, but generally, players like that don't. I would say, a player who's, um making appearances like that at that age, um it's they're gonna make something of themselves, aren't they, in the game. Um how good he's gonna be, I guess we don't know, but you know, it's gonna be massive to have that exposure to to being around the team on a daily basis or or when he can when he's not at school. Um 
I mean, I'm assuming we'll be finishing school this summer, uh, I would have thought. Um, so after that, I guess, you know, when can he sign professional forms? Not till he, well, professional, not till he's... Um... Uh, that's a good, good question. Because it? it's sixteen. You, I, think it, I think it might be sixteen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he could, you know, he could be signing. Uh, you know, he can, he can yeah, sign the academy form at sixteen, can't he? The professional would be eighteen. I should eighteen. Think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but you know, it's <laughs> it's nice to have after, like Stephen said, a few years of kind of the the under twenty ones, under twenty threes, whatever you, they are dependent on whichever season it is. You know, after having years of last few years, it feels like we've just been filling that group with kind of just random players who are not quite good enough to be professional footballers, but we need some bodies to to play. Um it's nice to see some young players that we've developed come through and you know, obviously he's he's one of them, but he's a couple of age groups below the that that yeah. that level. So, so I've so I've just just checked checked there. You, you can sign you can sign pro forms at seventeen. Seventeen. Um, so yeah, and you can you can uh, join like sign the scholarship forms when he leaves full time education. Yeah. Well, mm. I imagine that'll be uh, this summer, won't it? Yeah. Well, let's you know. Let's hope we can. I just thought I just Keep don't want of him. people to get weird over it as well in terms of his roots and like he's a child. Just like you've already started to see that photo circulate around on on social media and stuff of when he was probably thirteen or fourteen year old. Like so what? Like just just let him play football. Don't be weird about it. Don't be a bloke in your forties and fifties and get weird about the fact his dad's a Newcastle fan. Is all. Is all. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. Just enjoy it. Just let them crack on. Um, right. Take a little break, and then we'll come back and spend five minutes just talking about um, the, the transfer window and January signings of previous years. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Okay. 
Okay, welcome back to the Wise Men Say podcast. We're just going to have quick five minutes now, a couple of days before the uh, the window slams shut, as is the phrase. Uh, actually, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if someone signs somebody while we're doing this, because this will be the third podcast in a row that that's happened. Shall have a look? Um, so that would be new territory, wouldn't it? Because they're, they're linked heavily today, aren't they, with, um, let me get this right, Everton James, help me out. Joseph Anderson. Anderson. Joseph Anderson, yeah, centre-half. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did send fire off a couple of texts um, to our old friend David Fahili, who used to be the uh, the Everton guy when we used to play Everton. Really good guest, but he he was just straight up front and said, "I don't know much about him, kid." Does <laughs> um, that suggest then, James, that because I don't think really the centre half was was on the radar of many people. We've got. Um, Bart and Ballard, who would be the, the first choice for most people. We've got Luke O'Neill, who's performed excellently there this season. Is that a suggestion or a hint that Bradley Wright might be on his way out? Uh, or even Bailey Wright, yeah. yeah Bailey I'm, Wright, I mean, Bradley, yeah, yeah, yeah. Australians, Bradley, Bailey, whatever, yeah. <laughs> whatever, whatever. Um, <laughs> but yes, I mean, um, certainly you think to yourself, well, they don't need another centre-back if, if Bailey Wright is, is going to still be there. I mean, Bailey Wright's problem in inverted commas is that he's not getting regular football so if you bring in a 21 year old lad from from Everton he's not going to get regular football is he uh, you know perhaps perhaps the idea is to bring somebody in who's happy enough to to uh, um, be in and around the squad and on the bench if if needed and let Bailey move on that's that's the logic of the uh, of the argument isn't it um, so, so that's yeah. that's certainly one. I mean, whether that happens today, whether that happens tomorrow, whether it happens at all, we know how these things things work and uh, in and around deadline. But that would be you know a deal that I'd be looking out for over the next sort of twenty four hours. Um, see see whether Bailey Wright's still here um, tomorrow evening, which you know I have to say that probably the odds are against it as things stand. Do you think now Tony Mowbray has been very vocal when when um, Corey Evans got injured? And that was a position we were saying needed. We needed help in any way. Equa probably would have been the person who you would have put in that category. Somebody's maybe back up who can, you know, um, come and play in that sort of defensive midfield role or offer a bit of presence. And um, like I said, he, he did appear to take up good positions and stuff, which Evans is really good at all in his position. But Mowbray has been vocal about the fact that since he's been injured, we need to do more. Does do, do you see that changing, or do you think Mishu's Quick progression over the last couple of weeks could have made that less of a priority. Well, he he, he said that Equa wasn't an option in in Evans' position, didn't he? Yeah. So I'm just going off what transfer market tells us, and it says he's a defensive midfielder. Well, just it's so like Morby said. Well, Morby said he doesn't see him as an option in the Evans role. He's a different player. Okay. So yeah, but Daniel's mean, slotted in there anyway. Yeah, but you're still it's still a bit of numbers, isn't it? Yeah, I mean we need. I would say th- we need bring three players in and. Two strikers and a and a midfielder, um, an experienced midfielder. Um, I think so. That that's my that would be my preference at this point. I think would be silly to let the same situation that we experienced for the first six months of the season occur again. Going in with maybe you know I understand if this look look we only could get an extra striker in because of the situation. But if they, even if they say there's somebody they're looking at for the summer, you know, accelerate that maybe. You know, if 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 they're trying to identify, you know, 
somebody who's an option for them, maybe they could look to say, well, let's get them in now and and make sure we've got an option and give them an extra five, four or five months before we were going to sign them anyway and obviously get somebody else in too. I mean, if we can get Sims back, great. He'd be, you know, an ideal option. That for has us. to be the board. That has to just be a bonus, doesn't it? Yeah. Because that, that um, could go down. That could literally go down to the last yeah. minute of transfer deadline yeah. there, depending yeah. on what Sean Dyche and Everton do. Yeah. And you can't perfect. afford to, You can't afford to wait for that. Have that as a bonus yeah. option. And it'd be the perfect option for us to have. And uh, we need uh, we need another. I just think we got to learn from we got to learn from our mistakes. Um, and you know, don't don't create the situation that we did before. Um, so yeah, that's what I'd be. I'm 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 expecting two players to come in minimum, really, in terms of the midfielder and a striker. But I would like to see two strikers in the midfielder come in. Do you know what's interesting that um, when we were discussing last week and, and somebody made the point to us on, on Twitter when we were looking for interaction to say we, we probably need a, or an idea would be to bring in somebody assuming we're going to lose Ahmad next season to sort of who, who can pick up in that position and just yeah. get used to playing in the team and being around the team and they've got and done that, haven't they? Yeah, they and you are, can, yeah. I know you, you can go on the website and, and Graham has um, an interview with a French football expert about the the signing Isaac, is it Lee Hage or Lee Hadji? Do we know? Maybe Rory's no, been briefed, yeah, and we I should think... have asked. We should have asked them. But uh, um, that that's that's a player of that ilk, it seems. So that is good planning, isn't it? That is good forward plan. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, that's uh, that's good. I mean, I, I I agree with what Gareth was saying. You know, I'd like to see a, a midfield. I think you know, obviously, the Equid deal was already. Um, in the works before yeah. Corey Evans got that that injury, um, obviously the idea was to have Evans as your as your main man there, and Equa as as you know an extra midfielder, which meant that you could maybe use Dan Neal in that position or or whatever it might be. I will, now that Evans is not just out for six weeks, and you think, well, can we manage for six weeks? And you're thinking, well, you know, that's it for the season. You really could could do with somebody else in in there. Again, like like Gareth said, I'd like to see two strikers arrive. Um, there's always that feeling that they'll try and get by with one, but I would like to see two strikers arrive. Um, you might find that they chase one and then hope that Ellis Sims comes in as a bonus for a, for the second one. They could go right up to the line with that one, hope that Everton brings somebody in um, because Sims isn't going to, he's barely going to get a kick for, for Everton. What's the point in keeping him if you're going to end up uh, having him play in Premier League 2 football again on the 21s football he's beyond that he's past that stage it'll be six six wasted months for him if that's what it turns out depends to be. how much Dice knows about him I guess that's the thing we don't yeah. know do we yeah yeah I mean you he think could have been, he's been out of the game he could have been watching championship football he could he could you know my bet is that that, that he would have picked up the phone to Tony Mowbray because they know each other pretty well so uh, you know he would have said, "What's Ellis Sims all about?" And if I was like, if I was Tony Morgan, <laughs> more he's, he's crappy. He's, 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 he's dreadful. Could we take him on loan for the second <laughs> half of the season? Yeah, yeah. He's absolutely <laughs> nowhere near ready for the Premier League yet, but yeah. we'll get him in for the Championship and see how he goes. From there. Yeah, I, I, I think they might go one. I think they might go one striker. Hopefully, and I know we got a little bit of criticism, not much, from the same three or four people who always pipe up, didn't we? Um, but it was really frustrating when Stu went off because it just reminded you of the situation. And and you're you know you're allowed to be critical of that. It doesn't mean you're critical of recruitment in general. We've been really positive about recruitment. It's speaking for itself at the minute how young that team 
was the weekend and how well they played. That the dawn always it doesn't always have to be, you know, it's not that black and white. It doesn't mean just because you criticize one aspect of it that you don't like somebody or you don't like something's ridiculous. And um hopefully they have learned the lessons because um lightning. The thing, has the thing is twice. you can imagine what it'll be like. The thing the thing you can imagine what it'll be like when you look now where Sunderland are they're a point outside the playoffs and you say, well if they hadn't have lost Stewart and Sims for all that time they would more than likely have had the extra point and they'd be in the playoffs as we speak now. They'd be third um, or fourth comfortably, in my opinion. We don't know. No, you, we don't. You, you, no. you don't want to reach the end of the season and be a point or two outside the playoffs and think, good grief, you know, if only we'd have brought in whoever in January, where might, might, might we be of then? So um, it's just one of those things where you've got it's to make just, a decision now um, and... You don't want to be looking back and and uh, um, you know regretfully at the end of the season because it's it's spotting an opportunity, isn't it? It's professional yeah. competency to do that. Like, yes, have this model and this template. You know what? Something's opened up for us here, and they are fully aware. Actually, if we go and get two people in this position or that position, we could realistically have a go this this season. Isn't it? You to know, to be fair to them, mind you. You look at Gellhart on paper. Yeah. I would put him in that bracket where they've gone, well, if, you know what, get him. Mm-hmm. That's Say you got Sims and Gellhart and Stewart that as your three been... strikers, yeah. you'd be going... I'm happy with that. Fan- yeah. you'd, be, you'd be going, they do, they, they fancy it. They are going to have a go. I just hope yeah. that the Stewart situation hasn't tempted that a bit and they've gone, oh, well, never mind. I mean, what can you do about it? And we'll just kind of level out a bit. Um because I think the players, you know, deserve the opportunity to 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 be back to the point where and know that they've got that, you know, strength in reserve and a bit of help if they need it to give it give them the opportunity to achieve something that they'll be remembered for for a long time. Now I'm not for a second saying we're going to get promoted, but you look at the league table, you look at what we've seen so far this season in terms of the opposition, we've faced how we've coped in games and the form we're in. And you think, well, there's nothing to scare us really here. Um, and we've got a group of players who aren't scared and they're playing, you know, excellently, you know, week in, week out, feelers football, you know, entertaining people. Um, you know, it would be nice for them to have something on the back of it rather than maybe the season petering out, finishing, you know, 10th, 12th, which I will say would be an excellent achievement in itself. But I think there'd be a lot of people thinking, oh, what what could we have done? And That's the thing, isn't it, Gareth? It's, it's the, you know, it's the thing about, um, you know, what what could happen. You're just looking at it and thinking, what would happen come the end of the season if you, if you miss out on the playoffs by three points and and you didn't get that extra striker in, in, in January and then you're looking at it and you're saying if yeah. only, if only, if only. It's like they're saying, you know, you should regret the things you do and not the things you don't do. So if if you if you miss out at the end of the season by three points, regret the fact that you that you built you brought in a, a third striker and it's cost you an extra couple of hundred thousand pounds that you weren't expecting. Don't don't reach the end of the season having not brought in yeah. that extra striker. Um and be three points outside the playoffs, and then regret the fact that you didn't do it in January, because that's what people will will be upset about. Even though 
you know, as as you, as you rightly say, if if Sunderland are anywhere near the playoffs come the end of the season, that will be a fabulous um, return of a season. It's just like, you know, what if, what if, isn't it? The pattern of the the pattern of the season, I would, and the way the championship is suggests to me we will be around the playoffs towards the end of the season because generally, yeah. the top sort of ten, ten to twelve, you know, you get the like five games left, and there's a team in twelfth who are like five points off the playoffs. We, you know, yeah. I would say I would say it's likely that we are going to be in the mix right to the end. So. Yeah. If we got to the if we got into the playoffs, I think it would be like it would blow a lot of people's minds. I think I think there would, there would and whatever happens, whatever happens, whatever happens after that, you know, happens. But you know, the you know the the players almost I think deserve a crack a crack at achieving something, and you know to have something to show for their. You know, for how well they've played this year mm-hmm. and the manner in which they've approached the games, because they have been fearless, and I think, you know, it would be it would be an, an amazing achievement if they could do it. But I think we can if we just do what we need to do in the next twenty four hours. We could we can give ourselves a chance. We can, yeah. I believe, we can do it now. Yeah. Um, Looking forward to um, somebody like Keith Downey tweeting tomorrow. Sunderland could still do a deal for Sims, but it's relying on Everton doing another business. This one could go late, and then everybody, and then you know what Sunderland Twitter is going to be like on transfer yeah, deadline yeah. day. From that moment yeah. in, everybody's going to be sitting around till the deadline. You know, get way Philly to the academy to see if um, if uh, if Sims turns up. Right, um, I've got just a, for a bit. Do you, want, do you want me to lead into this section? I'll give well, you then, yeah, my just prediction. Just a bit of funness. A prediction from the ran, random transfer of the transfer deadline day. This is go my on. prediction. Ashley Barnes to Everton. There you go. Be very That's my prediction. That's my prediction. I could only be topped by Nick Barnes to Everton. <laughs> uh, I would like to say that because I think the Everton fans will be fuming. Oh, yeah, um, it'd be great, wouldn't it? Right. So uh, just for a bit of funness, we just asked people to um, uh, let us know what they thought the, the best and worst um, January signings were for uh, Sunderland. Phil Smith. Do you know him, James? I've heard um, of him. <laughs> yeah, um, he got in touch first to say Johnny Evans times two has to be the best. What a player. Um, we've had a few people acknowledge Sam Allardyce's tra- January transfer window, which we all know how good that was. Um, P. Cran, some of our best signings under Big Sam, Kirchhoff, Korn, Kazri. Um, we always forget the, the other one. What was he called? Um... <laughs> James, you've helped us out in this before. And Doy, not Damien Doy. Doy, yeah. He was all right. He, he was, was he right. was, but when you when you think of that yeah. January, you just think of the other three, don't yeah. you? Uh, Adam Thicker, best Johnny Evans, another show for Johnny Evans, Kirchkov, Corner, Sessignon, uh, the worst, Ben Johnny, Ben Haim, Declan John, <laughs> Greg Lee Camp, Danny Graham, he's threw a lot in there, Dan Hamilton. Um, probably not the absolute worst, but Josh Scowen being brought in as an acclaimed championship midfielder and turning out to be an average League One product gives me shivers. Michael John Roper, 17 18 transfer window, we signed Lee Camp, uh, Kazenga Lua Lua, and Jay Clark Salter. That deserves special mention. Glory days. Um, Craig McCaskill's going back, one of the worst has to be Kyriakos in 2012. I did put his photo on the tweet because he was the one that sprung to my mind as well. 
Um, it was the other one, worst... Kadamangani, was, 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 came Kadamangani. in with him, didn't he? He was one of the worst defenders yeah. I've ever seen. Every time he came on, we conceded. Remember Man City away? Yes, we were 3-1 up. He came on five minutes later, and it was 3-3. Yes, he had an absolute mad. And the FA Cup, he had a shock at two in the quarterfinal. Um, Matthew Jackson, Will Grigg, considering the money we spent where we were at the time. The footage of that deadline day makes it even worse. Thankfully, we're miles off that now. Um, Harry Masters, best Ross Stewart, of course, January. Worst of four. Uh, Matt Kalen, heard of that name, I think, as well. Best signing we've ever made in January is Lee Camp. <laughs> um, and then Connor goes on uh, to clarify that as well, to say if anybody says, if anybody doesn't say Lee Camp, um, then they are liars. Um, right. And then we get to the thing, and loads of people have put this. Just name the first three people who did it Chris Dunn, Brown Slices, Sean Burnett. The first three, lots of people quite simply said, Good to four, bad to four, best to four, worst to four. There you go. Yeah. I think, Lee, few... I think <laughs> Lee Camp, you have to say, must be the worst on the basis like he was brought in to improve an absolutely diabolical situation and made it like, worse. <laughs> he was the worst of the three. Of the I jotted down was... I, I jotted down a few a few names as well. Most of them have been covered by what you've already said, Stephen, but there's one or two that haven't. Um, Rada Prika, anybody any votes for yeah, Rada yeah. Prika? Nacho Scocco, any votes for Nacho yeah, Scocco? Yeah. Um, and what about uh, Tal Al El Karkuri? Oh, they always quite good. Yeah, in the Howard Wilkinson. You looked all right, and then he, I think he went to Charlton the following year. He was in a really bad league. spell, though, wasn't it? So the association yeah. is there still. And then, and then the other half of the uh, um, sort of uh, the Benjani connection was it Sully Montari the following season? It was also dreadful. Yeah, he did all. Right. He did all right, didn't he? Montari. He, he, he signed alongside Sessegnon, didn't he? Well, nobody he said Sessegnon, you know, when they were applying to us. That I can that see. Was... I might have missed it. Loads of people have. I, I couldn't get through them all. I'm looking through them all. We got a really good response to this. Sessegnon's got to be up there, right up there. I mean, he, um, I'm, at the time, remember when we signed him, Pete, we were very excited, obviously, because he was coming from PSG. So, And he was excellent on Football Manager. Was he really? Yeah. Well, I just remember, I remember, I remember Steve Bruce saying of, um, of Montari, I just thought when he comes here, he doesn't just sort of coast through. I hope he comes, because he was, I think, might have been a Champions League winner or something with Inter Milan the season before or something like that. Yeah. And, um, Basically, when he got here, he just coasted through. <laughs> it wasn't he? he didn't arrive like an Inter Milan player. Yeah. Was it meant? meant did Mensa come in that window? Not as well? sure. I've just, yeah. I've just yeah, wondered that myself. I mean, yeah. he, what a he what an unbelievable player he could have been if he was fit. If he was yeah. could just stay fit because he was he was good. Yeah. He was. And, he, you know, on his day, you would. Say, I would say he'd be one of the best. Yeah. Defenders I've ever seen play for Sunderland when he's when he was playing to his level easily. Yeah, he was but again. He was one, he was one of those where Bruce said, "Well, the thing is, if John Mensah was fit all the time, yeah. he wouldn't be here. No. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he'd be somewhere, he'd be in the top four, top six. Well, that was a nice quick look down memory lane. Maybe we'll do a feature on that next year or something and have a look back because it's always an interesting time, isn't it, January? So. Yeah, let's look forward to that, Keith Downey tweet. Can I, can I, can I, can I venture on myself? Sorry. On, Jake no, Bogans, I mean, surely. 
Jake Morgan's well. He, 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 he got ill, didn't he? He took ill. <laughs> he was the worst <laughs> player I've ever seen play for Sunderland. Oh, wow. Crikey. Now you're asking questions. Where, you where does he play now? I don't know. Where does he play now? I'm going to type Jake Morgan. I thought you had the answer loaded there. I'm going to type Jake Morgan's. There was a loaded question, that Gareth. You've got to come back with the answer that if you're going to. Jake Morgan is an English professional footballer who plays as left back for National League club Walking on loan <laughs> from Premier League club Southampton. So he's, he's still, still at Southampton. Southampton. Yeah, he's still there. He's clicking he was on. on. He was at Ross County uh, on loan last year, and then he's gone to Walking. Well, they're not releasing them. <laughs> he's 22. So still time. <laughs> Maybe he'll come and join our under 23s. Seven years older than <laughs> seven years there. older than Chris Rigg. Could be announced tomorrow night, Gareth. Uh, imagine, imagine now you've written him off already. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sounds harsh because he's a young lad, but you know, I'm just going on what I've I've seen. <laughs> he was worse than Kyle McFadden, so well, that's not what our listeners said when we well, compiled I, I the worst ever league one. We're not going down that. We've argued about. This I don't before. want to get into that again no, because I'm right. Won't. So well, there's no point. Right. Okay. Well, here's to a um, hopefully busy transfer deadline day because it's always a bit of an anticlimax when you're told your club's business is done like really early in the day. Um, and I don't think that can be the case for Sunderland. So look forward to that. And as always, thanks for listening. <laughs> When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.